Hello, iGaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsors. The iGaming Next podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. I've been working with Ashley, Lewis and the guys over at Pragmatic Solutions over the last year. And as the early supporter of this podcast, I cannot recommend them enough. The Pragmatic Solutions Player Account Management Platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's podcast. I am delighted to say I'm joined by Ben Madonna from uh, CEO and co-founder of uh, Greek J Games. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Rory. Good to see you again. Yeah, good. Well, happy year and all that. I think we we've only just uh, just started. It seems busy already, doesn't it? So it's, uh, it's it always, crazy. yeah. It already feels like a happy memory. Too far away. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, listen, so we, we just uh, wanted to have a, have a quick catch up, really, on on this. Um, you know, you you you've recently changed direction at Green Jay Games. Um, tell me more about it. No more slots, just arcades. Why 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 now? Yeah, exactly. So why now? I think we're ready. We're finally. Um, at the point where we can go to market with the suite of arcade games that we've been, you know, researching and developing over the last three years. So we see that the slots, um, you know, obviously there's an incredibly large audience for slots and um, the marketplaces, we cannot imagine that ever dwindling. Um, but slots was never our fight, was never our cause. We always wanted to build arcade and uh, games with skill highly interactive content, a lot more mobile style focused games. And, you know, we've gotten to the point now where we can say, cool, let's stop the release of slots and go to market with the arcade game. So yeah, it was a momentous milestone for us to finally get to. <laughs> and, um, and and you say it's, it's it's more about no longer just about the games. I mean, from outside his perspective, like myself, um, you know, you talk about we, there's much talk about the destination, about being the sort of the ent destination for entertainment, yeah. uh, so to speak. I mean, the, the Netflix of this world is that is that what you're trying to create? Is that was that what was that the end? Yeah, when we talk about exactly when we talk about differentiated game content, is with a purpose. So yeah. you know, when we have. Um, uh, the slots community and the different uh, providers providing content into the, you know, casino verticals, we don't see any differentiation which enables an operator to acquire a different player base. Um, so, you know, we've been afforded a really good run at taking the time to develop the games that we believe are relevant to the audience. But through that, we've also seen just massive changes in consumer behavior, which we feel is part of our fight so it, it developing products which incorporate elements outside of the you know the core gambling um is critical to the su success of a, a product now so yeah i mean you've alluded to it we've talked before um we are incorporating other elements into the uh experience 
outside of the game, but on a page where we show um, you know live streams of presenters talking to the customers about the content, the competitions that are coming up. Uh, we include and incorporate chat into a product vertical, um, tournament achievements, all of the sort of tertiary elements, which we believe are critical to the success of a game gambling and gaming experience. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like creating that that, that, that that community word at the moment that's going around. It's, it's, it's you know, that, that creating that tribe, I suppose. That's that's one of the key areas that you're focusing on at the moment, is it, in, in terms of Green Jade? And, and how do you sort of see that developing over, over the time, you know, with um, why is it important, I suppose, to go down that community route, I suppose, is the question. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a really important question. Why is it important? Why does it matter? Um, so for us, we... You know, when I say us, it's the, the team at Green Jade. We've really seen a, a significant shift in consumer behavior in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't think we're naturally that different to the rest of the, you know, um, actors in the industry or the players who consume and play the games. So I know myself how much time I would spend watching, um, you know, Netflix series or watching my favorite, um, you know, streamers on Twitch, not, not always from gambling. And, you know, then access to alternative entertainment like TikTok and, you know, mm. content creators who come up with incredible um, time on device distractors, let's say, for want of a better mm. category. Um, so I felt just with, without sugarcoating it, we have to do a much better job to remain relevant. And as a new audience come through who haven't had... Um, you know, few so few options on entertainment available where gambling is a core mm -hmm. entertainment genre. The competition for their spend, for their time, let's just start with time, is is far greater. So mm -hmm. if, if we just went out with um, another game where there wasn't the interactivity, you couldn't collect anything in the game, you couldn't level up, you couldn't make progression, um, which is the gaming experience they're all now used to, then we felt we were sort of just doing a disservice. So you know, that, that's kind of the, the whole, you know, why does it matter? It matters because customers' needs have changed and we have to develop the, the software in order to en encompass their needs and, and, you know, elevate the experience significantly. I'm passionate about this industry. I want us to keep growing. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, keep seeing our breakfast eating video gaming companies which take um, the, uh, you know, put loot boxes into gaming and, essentially have an audience already educated on how to gamble i want to bring that back into gambling and make that fun but you have to do that with different games yeah no sorry about that my my, my dog barked it's obviously someone at the door um yeah so so this community i mean how do you balance that that sort of old guard and new guard i suppose that, that it's quite interesting you it must be quite tricky to to get that fine line i suppose in, in that in that balance in that community is, is that something yeah. you focused on and looked at it's something we've absolutely focused on um a lot of our work right now is a hypothesis. We go to market with uh, what we're calling a lobby, a product vertical, very controversial, but we think it's the only way to make a success of building this community. Um, and obviously the players that we expect to sign up are going to be, you know, Ethel, 88, you know, retired great-grandmother with disposable income or, you know, funds and time and wants to have that interactivity with other like-minded people. On the same page, we also expect there to be, you know, Nick Oster, a guy who's going to be, you know, early 30s, loves his, um, you know, Battle Royale-style games, has propensity to gamble, and wants that entertainment. So how do we incorporate, how do we encompass uh, a good experience for both players? So 
first of all, content is king. Um, we need to have that variation in game style. So we have puzzle games, we have quiz games, we also have first-person shooter games. We have, you know, retro arcade games, you know, um, influenced by Galaga and Arkanoid and the games that we, you know, a lot of us grew up playing and a lot of the first games that entered the App Store when mobile games started becoming a thing as well. So high degree of familiarity. So we think it's, there's no one solution which fits all. Um, it's going to be quite a personalized experience. And, and parts of that will come through chat. So just the validation of being on site and talking to, um, as I say, other like-minded people uh, and engaging with others digitally, which is how we all interact now through social media. So often when we don't even know the people, whether they're a celebrity or they're just, again, someone who also likes house re remodeling videos and has commented a few times and you see their, their, their posts. So we think it's creating... Um, areas of uh, you know, a mobile web page or a web page and allowing them to find like-minded individuals, engage with them, and then partake in the same activities, playing the same games and you know, watching each other's scores in real time as well. So yeah, no one solution. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean has, that, has that afforded you to actually like build, you know, increase your, I suppose, your your team uh, on the ground with yourselves? I mean, is that, has that been a, an added factor? Are they, are they constant, con con continuously, sorry, um, working together on, you know, because there must be quite a lot of back and forth going on with, with the community. There is, there is. You know, you know, when Jesper and I founded this business, it was very much, you know, operators need different content. We kept this as simple as that. Then we focused on elements that we enjoy. We enjoyed the interactivity with games and having control over the outcome um, and competition, quite frankly. And, you know, he would, he always beats me. So I've certainly got <laughs> like to do that. Well, but. It, it is interesting because I think when we when we talked back in the day, when you when you spoke, I think it was online again, you, you know, we I think we had an interesting session about why, you know, why do you get into this industry? And obviously, this is something you and Jesper are very passionate about. And obviously, you must follow to that extent as well. And, and you know, I think we, when we did a, a quick research call. You said you, you're online now and you're engaging with people that you probably wouldn't necessarily normally have ever done before. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So as I say, my own consumer behaviors changed. I found I was yeah. spending more money on in-app purchases on mobile games. <laughs> I would... You know, twenty-five-year-old me, thirty-year-old me, I'm, you know, in my forties now would, would think that's absurd. Of course, I wouldn't do that. You know, there's no, I, I have no discernible value. I can't cash out. And why would I buy this skin? Why would I want this yeah. uh, level up of RP? It, it's just, it, it's what you find um, interests you and gives you that identity in a digital world. So, because I found where my own money was changing, where I was spending money differently, and as you say, I was meeting people. Um, playing, you know, battle royale style mobile games that I would never have any any um, opportunity to meet before. And you know, there's there's people I still chat to now. We can connect through WhatsApp. There's an Iranian girl who, you know, this this interaction would never occur. She wanted to get hold of um, some uh, literature, you know, normal book, books that you and I could get access to. And she, in her country, for some reason, that wasn't uh, able to access this. So you can download the free, free PDF and send it across. And it's community building in that way, which I believe isn't unique to gaming or video gaming. It's, it's relevant to our industry. Um, you know, especially given our origins, our land-based casinos, where you would be gathering around one machine when someone has a jackpot, you would be cheering on the craps table. It's very community based. Um, 
And as it's moved digital, we've lost that connection. We've lost that human element um, as we've gone very much singular interactivity with a slot. And the only narrative you have is is how you react to the volatility in the game. Yeah, and it, 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 do, do you think, and this is controversial, do you think like the the sort of uh, the, the game element becomes secondary almost to that community element? Is that something you've, you've, you must have considered that saying, well, actually, hang on, what if it goes, it suddenly takes off and this community becomes yeah a product in itself almost in that in that sort of sense yeah. and, and then and then the, the the game comes secondary almost and that's sort of yeah thing. and interestingly some of the operators we've spoken to have raised this as well do we want people on site watching an interesting streamer yeah. and i'm kind of like always oh, a hell yeah of course you want them on site while they're with you they're part of your community and that's gold dust you know having these people that's, what, that's the word of mouth, isn't it, I suppose? And they go and talk exactly. to their friends. It's that yeah. recommendation. Here, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Maybe you'd enjoy it too, start thing. Mm. So it's positive affirmation. You're doing something right and you're adding adding value. Um, and from a you know streaming point of view, there's massive streamer communities, incredibly active. Um, you know, there's Some of the streamers meet their own fans offline, and I love that element to it. But I feel that uh, operators to a certain extent, are missing out on that. Yes, they act as an affiliate. They can drive some traffic. But you lose the branding, the, the operator's relationship with the customer. So mm -hmm. by putting the streams on site and investing back into the community from an operator, it's, like it's nothing to do with Green Jade. It's nothing to do with us as a supplier. It's all about the operator's relationship with the players and the community that come into play. Um, so, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's critical to the success. Yeah, and how do you, like, just looking at the... The regulatory side aspect of it, how, you know, how do you think that will play out? Is that going to be harder to do? You think from a, from a regulatory point of view to control, or is it going to be is it going to be easier? Because you know, one part of bringing it into the community element is it becomes more mainstream, more acceptable, more easier to let's say check and and, and keep an eye on things, yeah, and, and so forth. Is that something yeah. you you know? What, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, so much of it comes down to game content. So I remember years ago when we were heading to ICE. What was that? Two thousand and I forget the year now, but uh, the UKGC had worked with the gambling, uh, with the you know one of the independent advertising groups. I forgot what they're called now mm -hmm. about advertising the re restrictions on advertising and gambling and the usage of imagery um, and themes that would appeal to young people. And you know, when we're ever since then, when developing content, you always think about okay. Does this deliberately appeal to young people? Now, whether it's completely relevant for an adult audience as well, you've always got this consideration. So content is still going to be the one that probably has the greatest scrutiny um, when going through uh, regulatory compliance requirements and, and kind of as it should. Um, although I do think if we can channel marketing and media accurately, then you know, a gambling site is purely a destination for adults and but it's the, obviously, if it's a billboard on the side of a, a train station wall, you can't stop your you know twelve year old looking at it and going, ah, oh, cool, first person shooters. I enjoy that style of game. So there is definitely that consideration, that concern. Um, we've got to be responsible in how we communicate the product and the, and the offering. It is a risk. Every time you're spending money, it's a risk. Interestingly, you have an opportunity of reward. I'm not going to say that you don't have that in a Fortnite or a similar game, but, you know, that's the reality, you don't. Um, but that's not a reason to convert into gambling. You know, this the product should still only appeal to people who have a propensity to gamble, who enjoy gambling um, as a form of entertainment. But, yeah, I, I think when you're adding other elements onto the site, you've got to be um, very mindful of the 
rules and regulations. So by market, whether it's Sweden or UK, mm-hmm. there's certain content which cannot be on site, and that's fine. You know, we will do our best to make it. Um, you still have the competitive element in there, the ability to compare score without intrinsically encouraging them to wager further to achieve the same result. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. always tied back to allow the players to make their own decisions in, in, in each time when they want to set a wager. So, yeah, there were, there were challenges, um, but we embrace those. They're, they're there yeah, for a reason. It's, it's just, yeah, trying to do the best job we can. Yeah, I mean, with, with these communities getting younger and younger, so that, that poses its own challenges, doesn't it, in, in that, sort of, that sort of sense. So, I mean, my son already... He's on, uh, what's he on now? He's on Pokemon Go and, and Fortnite and everything like that. So, you know, it's, they're already targeting that age group. Mm. And it must be quite, um, yeah, quite interesting to see how, it'll be interesting to see how that all develops going forward. And, it it and, will and, be, yeah, it will be. Yeah, it's interesting because we work in such a regulated space. Some of the stuff I see my kids engage with, I think, how, how, how's that acceptable? How's oh, that he, he, managed, he managed to go on YouTube the other day, even though I blocked it. And I was like, how the hell? But, yeah. he, you know, yeah. they, they're growing up in this community space, aren't they? They're growing up in this, oh, if I don't know, I can ask my friends. And they'll, and, you know, so, so it's going to become part and parcel of, of everyday life, I think, yeah. in, that, in that sort of sense. And then with this whole metaverse that we're talking about as well, you know, how, I mean, that must be another I was going to use a French word then, but it's going to be a headache for you guys to yeah. to, to think about uh, from that aspect as well, in terms of how you take it one step further, I suppose, and, yeah. and create into the metaverse. Is that something? Yeah. Is that something you guys are thinking about, or is that is that is that next it's, year's problem? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So I think I would expect near every game developer is thinking mm-hmm. about it. Um, it. All of our all of these different companies are on different parts of their own life cycle. Mm-hmm. So we. As I've said, we've kind of finished two and a half, three years of research and development on what is critical to the success of an arcade game or a mobile game in gambling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, our sole focus is launching Arcade Lobby with a suite of games with the integrated streaming, the chat, and the tournaments, and building up that um, destination, that that, and investing in that community, putting the the love into speaking to the customers, listening to the customers, and, and making changes. Outside of that, do I harbor ambitions to be relevant in a metaverse in a VR world? In a, of course. Have you created your own avatar yet? And, and yeah, I'd be really in there. Yeah, I and mean, it would look exactly. It wouldn't look anything like me, but yeah, it, it would be. Um, I, I think we would be naive not to at least be thinking about it. Now, if we're sitting down and writing proposals, we're not there. We don't need to be there. We have to focus on our core product, our core solution. But we know the market's changing around us. We know. Um, that these other companies are working on them, and good luck to them because I think it's it's so important to continuously invest in good entertainment and great product in a safe and encouraging way. So, yeah, yeah. we're thinking about it. We're not anywhere close to doing anything about it. <laughs> no, no, true, true. And, and, and suppose looking looking on that Web three, I suppose, which everyone's talking about now. And how do you sort of see it going forward? And, and let's let's fast forward in three years' time. You know. Yeah, a bit on it now, but you know, you know, uh, you know that community spirit is, is so important. But can it even? I actually further? think that yeah, that's almost more relevant to us than than a metaverse or a, a you know, yeah. a, 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 yeah. whichever um, digital world sort of takes um, popularity first. So yeah, I mean, of the 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 basic approach to um, the, what we're seeing change in terms of the internet is content creation is now often owned by the content creator and you get you get remunerated for that. Um, 
but you'll also see with we're also seeing with um you know the the evolution of blockchain or any um you know digital asset ledgers where people can actually show ownership and then make profitability from the provenance of them being an owner of a digital asset an nft or whatever it might be it's completely changed who's making money through internet transactions um you know it, it, with the first with the first launch of the internet it was purely a um you know a source of information you wouldn't be able to um offer your own information back obviously you know web 2 is a lot more about content creation but then it's huge major companies that are the ones um profiting from and benefiting from um active users engaging with their product so we became the product natural you know whether you want to say it's a good thing or a bad thing internet has moved on and i think it's a very good thing just it doesn't always mean that the end consumers have the greatest control on their own data or, or certainly not the monetization of the information we put in so web3 is changing that and i think and this is finger in the air my expectation is that we're going to see content creation driven by the community um open source where it completely takes potentially takes out game development studios takes out operators takes out the regulator and we have um you know an independently verifiable uh product b2c developed by the community and it could be um you know one leading developer says cool all right i want to make uh you know first person uh, you know it could be a platformer game you know what's the theme all right well let's go wizards wizards and orcs brilliant okay the community have decided a wizards and orcs theme okay what's the gambling element what are the interactions okay every time you cast a spell or hit with a potion it's a wager okay what's the currency right we use you know whatever bitcoin um or cryptocurrencies allowed on. and i think you'll just see um you know an independently verified rng coming up with the answers um and suddenly we're irrelevant and when that happens whether it's you know years or or a decade i i, I don't think it really matters will we'll, there'll always be a place for um commercial companies uh, especially for accessibility and and relevance and just that that comfort but yeah when when we talk about web3 web3 i think it's going to be a lot more about content creators taking ownership of um gameplay and you know creating nfts uh which have a rarity and approvability provability of value um for interactions for transactions within you know video gaming as well as gambling um i certainly think I, i certainly hope i think that's fun i think it's incredible to say yes i'm going there to gamble and also have an opportunity to acquire an nft which has a specific value later on down the line that's fun <laughs> no no that sounds sounds great look i think i think you've got your work cut out i think there's lots lots to think about here and, and, and look it's great that you you're uh you're at the forefront of, of it at the moment and, and building that community which i think is exciting times for um for the industry as a whole to, to see how that progresses so um mm -hmm. yeah well one more final point before we uh before we wrap up i just just out of interest go and touch back on that, that community and we've been talking about um the demographic of that community what does that mm -hmm. what does that look like in your in your in your eyes for, uh, yeah. for those like myself who, who don't know don't know it. yeah no absolutely and it's probably one of the areas we focus on the most um so we look at uh complementary product verticals like live casino um we know that they're anywhere between 10 12 15 percent of the total um revenue and you know whilst the revenue per player are high that's still a large community 
large community of a fairly you know niche audience we we could argue um same with slots all of our data um you know has always indicated around uh, 7% of a adult population or our gambling population play slots so again fairly fairly niche so maybe mobile gamers are incredibly diverse very large very you know the we're up in the 90% of adults who play one or more social games a week or hyper casual social games a week um so it's almost all of us but interestingly these aren't the audience that casino operators have access to today because these customers wouldn't consider themselves to be gamblers they wouldn't even consider themselves to be gamers despite gaming um, and they wouldn't always express an interest in playing slots or table games so the demographic is incredibly broad which makes us really excited when putting the shoes on of an operator because suddenly we're creating an access to an audience an untapped audience an undiscovered audience uh, because suddenly the games that they like to play are available in one location and playable in a safe self safe uh, safe way as well you know in terms of gambling protection so yeah the demographic is you it's me it's your next door neighbor it's the same people you see traveling on the trains to work and uh, the people who are retirement communities it's in, incredibly diverse and that's what i find really exciting about um you know the bringing this player group to an operator that's that's what i'm looking forward to <laughs> no no great great stuff listen thank you so much for your uh, for your time today ben it's been a real pleasure to get some insight into into green j games um i hopefully look forward to seeing you soon and um thank you once again for uh, for giving us some insight thank you so much rory always a pleasure take care bye-bye bye-bye